Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. We are. Oh, yes. Still classic, still gaming, and still brothers. We are we are those three things and more, if you think about it. I we're more? How can we, we have be to think more about it. You have, than you classic have to think gaming about it. and brothers? You just have to think about it. I I don't know. I, I got nothing actually. I, um, uh, uh, for I a little, for a well. little, a little, a little pull off the uh, curtain of production. So that I are experimenting <laughs> with, with with video chat. So <laughs> it's the first time we see each other while recording. It's for very interesting content. I will say. Also, uh, the first time we've seen each other <laughs> ever. ever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> we've never met we've we never, never, it's not even my brother <laughs> we're, we're big phonies we're not actually brothers uh, so anyway anyway yeah. um so going from recently played seth what have you been recently playing uh so going back to one of our beginning episodes i think i actually mentioned this game i think episode two or three or something like that i can reference our notes but it's a yeah. game called uh, planet zoo it is a uh, tycoon game where you manage a zoo. So I've. Oh, it's very much yeah. similar to uh, Zoo Tycoon. Mm-hmm. And the game uh, is done by the same people who did Planet Coaster, who are also the same people who did Elite Dangerous, which is the Frontier Studios company. Yeah, okay, I remember them. They're very good at making a very good game, and they're also very good at continually patching and like supporting the game post-launch. So mm-hmm. like, there's always new content coming in for all their games, which is cool. They even uh, Planet Zoo already has an expansion pack. They have like an Arctic, so you can do like snow creatures in your zoos. Um, mm-hmm. It is it's a pretty detailed management game. You end up uh, you so you have a zoo. It's done in the same style as Planet Coaster, which is. Uh, very 3d you can zoom in and around there's even like animal cams so you can like go in and watch a specific animal go about in their day and seeing what they you know playing with toys and stuff like that oh cool and they had um specific like challenges that you need to reach so you need to make sure that the animal cages are like they have fresh stuff that they're working in like they have new toys because they get tired of toys that you're like uh, you have to uh, rescue or buy um, animals, which is actually not how it works in the real world, um, just in case anyone ever wants to know how zoos actually work. This is not a zoo podcast, but um, you can't um, actually buy uh, another animal from another like zoo. Like Zoos can't buy from other zoos because that implies like a... Uh, illegal trading of animals kind of deal so i get you so zoos end up actually just trading zoo animals with each other which is why you'll see like animals are on loan from other zoos and in fact they will spend money on transporting the animal because it costs a lot of money to transport animals so a zoo may spend like 70 to 100 thousand dollars on acquiring an elephant but that's all in just transporting that elephant from you know, the zoo in Nova Scotia to Washington, D.C. In case right. you okay. ever wondered how zoos actually worked, in Planet Zoo, you can just buy the uh, uh, these animal outright, or you can rescue them. And you have to make sure that the habitats are, like, decently, like, the right temperature, the right environment, the terrain is painted the right way. And overall, it's just a, it's a fun strategy game. I'm probably about three or four hours in and nice. have been kind of enjoying uh, the tutorial and trying to learn the game. It's got a lot, a pretty deep tutorial, so I'm still mm-hmm. like just ending that and getting into like starting fresh with building my own zoo, which will be pretty exciting. It's been a, a fun game, and uh, I'm glad I did wait on it and I did pick it up for 20. 20-25% off. So sometimes it's always good to wait because you save a couple yeah, of bucks. Yeah, that's very cool. So what have you been recently been playing, Zach? Well, so I've recently been playing uh, the first Bioshock, but I've actually been playing through the 
um, remastered version. So the, the remastered version uh, runs at a full 1080p resolution with 60 frames per second. Um, and I have that on the PS4. So um, the reason I've been recently playing it is um, I, I have a PS Plus account. And every month PS Plus is very kind. And they give you uh, usually two games for free. Um, well, it's not free from if you pay the... for PS Plus. That's true. Well, two <laughs> games, uh, two games for PS Plus that they um, they give to you, and usually they're they're games that are from the back catalog of the PS4. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're not either. Uh, <laughs> but this month was Bioshock, and that was nice. I like Bioshock. What was the other game? Did you get? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think it was good. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Sonic Forces. Uh, Sonic Forces actually was is either this month or last month, but I already own it because I bought it like a dummy. So yeah, um, so I've been playing through the first Bioshock. I haven't played it in a while. Um, I'm a big fan of the Bioshock games. I'm a big fan of that style of game. You yeah. know, the, the whole Shock series. I like games like Prey um, and System Soma. Shock Two, Soma, and the the creative direction that Ken Levine brings to the to the game um i think is it's a it's a good it's a good game it's fun uh it's probably something that i feel like we could do an entire episode on talking about about just the first bioshock it has yes tons I, of stuff to it and at this point it, it feels like it i mean it could be a classic game sure it's been remastered <laughs> doesn't that isn't that part of being a classic game if you get remastered yeah if you get remastered and so the remastered the version i get is the collection so that also has bioshock 2 bioshock infinite and all of the dlc such as minerva's den for bioshock 2 and burial at sea for infinite which is nice it's good to have all that dlc kind of in one place you don't have to worry about pulling it from other sources right Uh, but it also is going to give me a chance to finally replay through bioshock 2 or finally play through bioshock 2 i started it on my computer but i ran into some technical issues and then i kind of fell off of it so i I, i'm looking forward to getting back into it don't you play as a big daddy in bioshock 2 you do play as a big daddy i i have mixed feelings about what i played through bioshock 2 but i never completed the game so i don't feel like i have a solid opinion yeah i um i also i've so i beat a majority of Bioshock. I got to the about like 80% of the game and then uh, somebody saved over my save game file on somebody's Xbox and uh, <laughs> I still have to get around hey, to beating who it. Shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> not be named. The, I did play a little bit of Bioshock 2 and I played a little bit of Infinite, um, probably a couple hours of each. And I remember Bioshock 2 was interesting because of being playing from the Big Daddy perspective, yeah. which... You get um, the, they get the drill arm. Yeah, the drill arm. The, the big daddies <laughs> yeah. are, uh, they're a really interesting and kind of haunting um, aspect yeah. of Bioshock. And the whole, we could do an entire episode, so I won't, we shouldn't go too deep into the Bioshock franchise as it were. But the uh, the whole Adam, the power source of like your ability and like how you go through and the whole how you interact with the little sisters and the big daddies just um, makes it such a interesting and uh, very compelling story. And now talking about it, I kind of want to boot it up and play it. But uh, yeah, I think if you, I think if you had an original copy on steam, they might've given you the remastered version. Yeah. I have the remastered Um, collection. Yeah. For free. So, well, so, um, that's what I've been playing, and as such, we are going to do an awkward segue. No, into it's not that awkward. It, this game has also been remastered. That is, actually, that's true. This game, well, it's been Thus, re-released. It, no, it hasn't, it has, oh, not yet. The, not, it hasn't, the third one got remastered. They haven't gotten right. to the first one yet, <laughs> they, they start backwards. They <laughs> always start backwards. In our last episode, we talked about uh, just one game. We, we kind of right. stuck with just talking about Doom. So we're going to kind of keep that um, pattern going for a little while just to see how you guys like it. Uh, Yeah. And uh, if you guys like these deep dives into one episodes, maybe we'll journey into some really wacky stuff um, and also be able to kind of... Zach's waving his hands because we're on video, so now we can do, like, hand motions to each other. It's hilarious. Um, And so, like, with that... We, uh, we're going to do uh, another deep dive on one game, and we're going to stick to the one game, uh, the stick to the one game type of setup for a little while just to see how you guys like it. And then 
uh, we, we maybe go back to our old format a little bit. But um, the middle segment now is going to be set up so that we first will talk about our memories of the game. And then we'll go into the history and the background of the game. And then we'll finally wrap it up with the gameplay of the game. And that will yeah. lead us into the byway pass segment because we always break up our segments by threes because that's how we work. We, we are we are a trinity. A trinity, a trinity of two people equals. Yeah, we are the classic gaming brothers trinity. Trinity, right? Um, so the game that we're—I don't know if we have mentioned the game that we're talking about. The game that we're going to be talking about is Warcraft. That's right. If and if you follow the Twitter, I did say that we would be talking about real time strategy games. That's true. So, That's true. So I always hold a promise. Yes, and and if you um, read the description of our episode, you'll know what we're talking about twelve minutes before we do. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like time travel. It is so like time Seth, travel. Um, uh, uh, last time when we talked about Doom, I think I talked about my memories first. Why don't you give me your memories of Warcraft? So I can't not mention memories of Warcraft without talking about our father. Um, our our father introduced us to Warcraft. He introduced mm-hmm. myself to Warcraft. He introduced Zach to Warcraft. He is a Warcraft master um, and yes. is very good at the original Warcraft orcs versus humans. Um the original Orcs versus Humans Warcraft game was such a take on the RTS genre. There were RTS genres that were around earlier, but yeah. they were definitely not a lot when Warcraft came out. And when they came out, they came out and they hit it hard. And they really made a um, kind of like a buzzy faster paced rts game where you would be um going about and playing as either humans or orcs and um my father i think he always played as humans generally um yeah and so he was he was pretty he was good um he was able to beat levels that i wasn't able to beat mostly mm-hmm. because i was a child and he was an <laughs> adult but i always put it up that he was very good at the game and uh so he was able to really there was levels that i'd be like how do you beat this or i tried to think of a weird strategy and he would he would just beat it be able to figure it out and, and play yeah. the game and so i i always um when i, I can't not think of warcraft without thinking of dad which is which is always yeah I, I mean same here i mean dad dad was the one who introduced me to games like chess and stuff like that so i think i think our father has a very strategy mind when it comes to games or preference oh, at least absolutely. for strategy when it comes to games um i know my memories with warcraft are actually the fact that i think warcraft is one of the first computer games that i played so the first video game i played was most likely sonic the hedgehog 2 for the sake of genesis but the first computer game i really remember playing is i remember sitting in front of of the big monitor of our packard 486 um with the black screen for dos typing in the command prompt you know c colon uh cd backslash warcraft pressing enter pressing start and then starting the game um and the the thing i remember always so clearly and the thing that always brings back so much um nostalgia for me is when you start and i'll probably actually put it as the opening sound to this episode but when you start a blizzard game from that time period you got the logo fade in to this like whooshing sound of a blizzard um and it's just such a nostalgic you know pixely sounding sound it like was never a perfect sound because our sound card wasn't great um though according to the warcraft installation your sound card works perfectly (laughs) so (laughs) um but uh you know it was always that is that it was that kind of build up to the game and then once that once that blizzard sound comes in it goes right into the theme you know this um you know deep tone um theme song um to to this game and it really sets you onto a path of what i'd consider adventure absolutely and yeah i think it really played off on that um the fantasy world of like J.R.R. tolkien um and being able to tap into that um bring the fantasy world to life almost into the the computer um and you know you had dungeons and dragons at the time and you had 
you know, books as well, of course. Yeah. And, but you didn't really have, like, a representation of, like, armies fighting themselves that resembled that of fantasy until you got to, like, orcs and humans. Like, you didn't really have, like, you weren't able to play out, like, the army the five the which is the uh, the battle of the five armies which you could almost kind of play that out not necessarily maybe in warcraft orcs versus orcs and humans but maybe the sequel um where they introduced more races and stuff like that into the uh, the game but you you could in fact like recreate these battles to a point and um i think that's probably also one of the reasons why dad was so um attracted to the game specifically warcraft because he's a big tolkien guy and this game does do a very good job at not necessarily personifying tolkien or bringing tolkien forward but really kind of backing up the the fantasy world you know just like giving more credence to the fantasy world so going a bit into the history and background to warcraft uh, Warcraft was developed by a company called Blizzard Entertainment. Currently, I believe they are known as Blizzard Activision, or they might have... I think, isn't that their name? Yeah, uh, well, they merged with Activision. Blizzard. Activision, yeah. Uh, they did merge with Activision in, in the early 2000s. In any case, Blizzard uh, initially formed as a company called Silicon and Synapse back in 1991. And in 1993, they changed their name to Chaos Studios Incorporated. Then they were purchased by Davidson and Associates, and they changed their name to Blizzard Entertainment. So in the course of about four years, they had many different names. But, <laughs> but, they, but Warcraft Orcs and Humans was their first really big launch, and they were decidedly Blizzard when they launched it. That's right. They had two games pretty much, or they had a couple games under their belt. Two in particular were released on different systems. Rock and Roll Racing was uh, on the Super Nintendo, and I think it was also on the on the PC. Uh, no, it was on the Sega Genesis. Um, and then the Lost Vikings, which um, actually a lot of the artwork from the Lost Vikings later became inspiration for the artwork that got used in Warcraft. So during this early period of the 90s, real-time strategy games were around, but like Seth was saying, that they were there weren't a ton of them, but they they were around and they were they were a known genre. So particularly, Westwood Studios had created a game called Dune 2, based on the book Dune by Frank Herbert, and that's spelled D-U-N-E, not to be confused with D-O-O-M, our previous episode, episode, which was a one of the the not the first, but one of the earlier real-time strategy games that kind of utilized a lot of the mechanics that would later go on to be used in warcraft um there was another game that was released on the sega genesis actually called um hershog sway um, created by a japanese company called technosoft which was also an inspiration for blizzard what blizzard noticed was that during this time of the 1990s between 93 and 94 there was kind of a lull in real-time strategy games they weren't being released as frequently as they felt like they were and blizzard decided that this was the time to strike and what they could do is at the end of the 90 at the end of 94 and into 95 they were going to make their strike with warcraft orcs and humans the first game in this in this franchise that they were developing what they didn't realize was at this exact same time westwood was working quietly on a little known game called command and conquer uh which they were keeping hush hush um so when warcraft was released command and conquer was quickly following it so it kind of started this little feud that lasted for a bit between westwood studios and and blizzard um, nothing, nothing like it wasn't like a Sega Nintendo feud, but it was one of those things where people, you know, it was, you know, if you were a real time strategy fan, you're either a Westwood fan or a Blizzard fan, you know, that sort of deal. Blizzard helped and Westwood with the follow with Command and Conquer. They took a like niche genre of games like there's a, you're a very particular person if you're playing Dune, the real time strategy game yes yeah like yeah. you have to like dune and you have to like real-time strategy games but, yeah <laughs> but, you, but with but you could play warcraft orcs and humans and not really need to have that like that institutional like love of dune to try and take a risk on a game you play orcs and humans because it's uh a gr- it's a critically acclaimed game and then you have yeah. command and conquer and command and conquer and warcraft or orcs and humans defined rts for that era and people were just i mean you have now you have competitions in like esports 
about uh, StarCraft. Like this. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Which StarCraft, was, yeah. Um, Warcraft Three had a huge following of and custom stuff and all that. Like I think there's and, still competitions. And Dota, which, and Dota um, which came from custom maps in Warcraft. So you have this huge explosion from originally this spark back in 94, 95 with uh, a game company that was essentially like kind of crazy when it came to um, ad hoc and kind of impromptu to the point where Zach and I were reading some like mental floss articles and they they said that people within the company said that the script that was they didn't have a script to the game until the game was in production and they were on yes, their way yeah. and a lot of the dialogue that is like iconic dialogue for the game was just made up on the spot when they were going yes, through yeah. it like so and that's how blizzard operated like they blizzard as a company just kind of just throws stuff on the wall and just moves quickly and is impromptu. And that's kind of where and they made something that stuck, which is Warcraft. Definitely yeah. stuck. And, and, and going along with that, I mean, if you look at some of their early notes on Warcraft, originally the intention was that Warcraft was going to be this, not necessarily a franchise, but a brand. It wasn't going to be the Warcraft series. It was going to be Warcraft games. So the idea was that you'd have the first game, which became Warcraft Orcs and Humans, and then you would have uh, further branded Warcraft games, which would have followed the same kind of structure. One of them that was apparently proposed at the time was of all games warcraft vietnam which if you if you know anything about current warcraft sounds ridiculous right because you picture orcs and humans and then you picture them in vietnam yeah but um at the time this was just what their branding was planned to be and the, the idea was that the one of the one of the executives at blizzard thought it would be so brilliant to walk into a game store and see boxes and boxes of different games all with this one brand warcraft right and they thought that would be how you get this market what they didn't realize was that the first game was going to be such a success as a, a alone that they didn't even have to worry about creating this brand and they already created a, a franchise right so right which which is interesting though thinking about that warcraft branding because there's a a company called uh, dice which is owned by ea created a game called battlefield and the battlefield series has battlefield 1942 battlefield vietnam battlefield whatever modern day stuff yeah um they're like a future one back back in the 2000s yeah i think they're just now battlefield one battlefield two now but um but that i think is kind of what warcraft kind of was aspiring to even before battlefield came out and was a thing but but they zach is right where they just created a a franchise where they made warcraft warcraft 2 warcraft 2 expansion pack warcraft 3 and just kept moving out with warcraft games though they did make starcraft which is kind of using their branding term and they moved in with the craft at the end to be able to extend the brand. So they now extended the brand over to a futuristic version and was able to do a future game with machine guns instead of swords, instead of uh, Warcraft being all fantasy driven. And that played well for them because StarCraft also went on to be very successful. Yeah, um, probably one of the probably one of the most successful real time strategy games of all time. Right, arguably. especially with um, all the esports and all that. And so Warcraft also had some interesting elements when it came to using local networks and stuff like that. Um, it, Seth, do you want to? I think um, you had some notes on that. Oh, sure. Yeah. So Warcraft was there. So there were multiplayer games in for the RTS genre. Warcraft, because of its speed. May, and the way that the game was developed and how it played made it so that you really wanted to play multiplayer Warcraft. Like, that was kind of, like, the goal. So it wasn't necessarily... Like, the story was good, and the the AI was okay, but it was really you playing multiplayer Warcraft, which was the best. And that 
kept the game going. And really, which is humorous, a fun story is that Patrick Wyatt with Blizzard said that while they were building the game that would be playable using modems or a local area network, the company didn't have any land. Like the office didn't have a network. So when they would be collaborating with other artists and programmers, they would use a sneaker network where they would carry floppy disks back and forth between offices to integrate source code revisions and artwork. So you you had this game that's going to be played online and is played online and was very successful online. And there was no network for the company. So they would be like, save on a file of a picture of an art guy, or, you know, like picture of a paladin, walk down the hall, give the picture of the paladin to another guy, and there he goes. Um, though, and also, in kind of in the same vein, there is uh, Warhammer, which is yes. by yep. um, Games Workshop. And they have Warhammer. And they originally, Blizzard wanted to be a license for the Warhammer game. So they wanted to make use that Warhammer game R and B have the Warhammer branding and be an actual product of Games Workshop. Didn't end up working out for them. So instead, they just drew heavily on it in regards to what their creatures look like and what their orcs look like and all of that. And they draw heavily on it again for StarCraft. And it's so blended now in Warcraft is and Games Workshop. They're both so old and they've been around for so long that even today people don't know where who who's who actually took from who. Like right. did Warhammer influence Warcraft or did Warcraft influence Warhammer? Uh, I mean, the truth is that Warhammer influenced Warcraft, but it's been so long now that it's kind of one of those blended uh, mysteries of the past, as it were. So now jumping over to the actual gameplay of of Warcraft, um, Warcraft is split into at least the story mode of of the game is split into two different segments. So you have the orc story and the human story. Uh, both are about twelve missions long, uh, meaning you get a total of twenty four of uh, these story missions. Uh, the game is what's called a real time strategy. Seth and I talked about real time strategy games. We talk about them a lot, but we specifically kind of defined this genre back in our um, second episode. Yes, um, our second. Uh, official episode in a real-time strategy what you do is you make decisions while the enemy is also making these decisions and there's no pause between your moves so when you tell a character to move um you can you can actually tell multiple characters to move and there's no there's no wait time you don't have to wait five seconds for the next set of movement orders um you're also not limited to the number of spaces you're allowed to move um you can really move wherever you want um This is unlike games like Civilization, which is what we would call a turn-based strategy, where you would take turns um, between your enemy and yourself. Um, In the real-time strategy games, such as Warcraft, you gather resources through use of a peon or a peasant class of characters. um, In Warcraft 1, they couldn't attack. Um, They were the weakest of the characters. Um, I I don't even think they could be upgraded in terms of armor. Like when you upgraded armor for everyone else, their armor wouldn't go up. And you would create these bases and um, armies that you would use to attack and destroy the enemy base. Usually you're given a mission such as completely decimate the enemy base. Some of the story mode missions were a little different. There was one or two where you were in like a cave and you had to go through with a limited number of characters and a hero character that you had to keep alive through the mission while you fought um, assorted assorted villains like slimes and uh, skeletons and demons and dudes and uh, (laughs) and medivh something cool though i think about the warcraft's gameplay at least for the story mode is that the at least the first couple of missions really provide you with the gameplay mechanics um what i would say is if you've never played warcraft or a real-time strategy game Play the storyline, especially the the orc storyline or the human story. Uh, actually, the orc storyline, I think, is the one that they recommend you start with because it is the first, uh, usually like five or six missions are just them handholding you through the right. essential gameplay mechanics. So the first mission is you have to build four farms, create X number of characters, and get 
X amount of resources and then it ends. Um, and they kind of repeat this process of, oh, build a, build a mill, build a barracks, build this. And it kind of teaches you that you need these uh, items. And then it starts giving you the more direct instruction of destroy the base, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and between each of these levels, they give you a little bit of story, a story dialogue and such to kind of explain why you're doing this. You know, um, in the human storyline, you're a, um, a, a regent who has just been appointed by King Lane Wern, who, uh, um, and you're, you're being tasked with, with being the regent of the small section of, of this mythical land. Um, uh yeah and the the sum of the story pretty much is that these orcs which are these big green guys they kind of look like the incredible hulk with horns yeah um came from a planet or uh, alternate world called draenor to this land called azeroth which is effectively earth but there are elves and azeroth is occupied primarily by humans at least in the first game that's who you meet is the humans um and the orcs create a massive portal and they begin to evade um, they attack human settlements and they conquer the land and canonically. So if, if you look at Warcraft as a series one through three, the canonical story is the orc story as the true narrative, which ends in the human's demise, which I always think is interesting is that the humans aren't the, in the canon, the humans aren't the victors. The right. first war ends with the orcs taking over, um, that part of Azeroth there. Like I mentioned, there are a couple of, um, Hero characters. The main leader for the orcs is a character named Augrim Doomhammer, which has a great name. Um, there's an orcish spy named Garona Half Orson. Um, she's half orc, half human, hence yes. her name Half Orson. Yes, she's base. got a very unique uh, last name there. King Lane Warren again. He's he's mentioned as the as the king of Azeroth, and there's a and, uh, uh, magician. Makes in... Yes, yes. And, uh, well, Anduin Lothar, who is the great champion of the humans, he yep. shows up in the second game too, and he dies. Um, and then uh, Medivh is the uh, magician who is uh, kind of like a mysterious magician. Yeah, Med- Medivh is a fun character because he's kind of he's kind of on his own side, and especially in in the original Warcraft orcs versus human, he's he's kind of like his own faction. He doesn't really he's not playing with the orcs. He's not really against the humans. Uh, yeah, he's kind he's of against the wolves. Of... He's just like summoning demons by himself. But they take this Medivh character and they just run with him throughout the whole series, and he shows oh, up yeah. time and time yeah. again. Um, yeah, he's he's a central character to Warcraft Three. Um, yeah, I mean Warcraft Three would not happen without Medivh. Which, um, and for I'm, good I'm or for sure, bad. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's actually they expanded him into the World of Warcraft, a massive multiplayer online role playing game yes. MMORPG. I believe Medivh is actually a central character in some of the storylines in that as well. Yes, yeah, I th- I'm I'm pretty positive that he is. Um, which which is impressive that the game. So you have like four warcraft rts games well three and uh an expansion and then you have like an entire mmo world that's more pop well i wouldn't say more popular than the rts but it's definitely got um it's like really when you think like world of warcraft then led to like a movie production of a video game right which which is interesting because the movie actually ended up pulling more from the rts um when they were i'm a huge warcraft fan so i ended up watching the movie and it was okay but when i was reading about the production they were originally planning to go with some of the world of warcraft storylines and actually considered calling the movie world of warcraft um and apparently at some point down the line they're like no let's just do the original story orcs come to azeroth lothar's there Ganora's there medivh is the villain you know it's like they or he's not even a villain he's like again he's this kind of weird middle ground character he ends up being like a tertiary villain to the whole main uh plot but yeah it it, it this little game that that really um you would not expect to become as big as it did ended up becoming one of the most um one of the biggest fantasy franchises um in 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 video games i mean to the point where it's been referenced constantly by other other games other 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 media i mean there's a whole south park episode that's that was created in the world of warcraft game so um it's amazing that you know this little game from this little company um who just wanted to make an impact was able to stand the test of time the way it did it's, and it's hard to think of Blizzard being anything what they are today. I mean, when you think of Blizzard, you think of Blizzard Activision. You may think of you may have positive feelings about Blizzard. You may have 
now negative feelings about Blizzard. You might have had positive feelings about Blizzard 10 years ago, but now you have negative feelings about Blizzard. Yeah. But back in 95, 94, they weren't anybody. They just weren't like, they weren't, they weren't nobody. They were any, they were just a small little development development company that wanted to put a game out and the game that they put out was warcraft and it just took off and it didn't just take off with world of warcraft it took off with warcraft orcs versus humans it took off with this game and they were i think part of their one of the things that they really tried to do is get a sequel out to warcraft orcs versus human immediately and then that's where like warcraft 2 came out and they just kept on moving along and, and warcraft 2 they expands the story so like for example in warcraft one you i think you could you're limited selecting nine units at a time oh less than that four four units at a time so you (laughs) four units at a time and you had a cap of like 50 total units or something like that so you could make 50 units as your cap you could select four you increased your cap well you increased the capacity by building more farms but there was still like a hard cap of like i think 50 and then yeah you could select four so then you're trying to move like you'd have hot keys so you'd group up enemies so it wasn't like uh, the starcraft or the warcraft games today where you can just select like 40 50 units at a clip and move them all yeah in one yeah unit. right um, yeah it's 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 actually um it's 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 interesting because it makes you play the game differently than you would play a game like StarCraft or or the later Warcraft Three or something, right. um, where because you can only select these four characters at a time, you kind of have to like oh you know these characters are a little faster than these characters, so I need to make sure that they go at, uh, they they keep up a good pace so that they don't get wiped out when these characters finally arrive to the enemy base. You know oh I need to you know strategically position these people here so that i can make sure they get into the area um first you know it it's it gives you a lot more to think about in my opinion than when you have to select like when you get when they give you the option to select like 50 and just send them right. all in at once you know <laughs> you know it's a little more a little more dramatic right. a little I, more I, strategy in a way a little more strategy i think it's, it's yeah. also interesting that in orcs versus humans it is true in fact orcs versus humans um every human is a human on the human army so like there's you have yeah. a human footman you have a human archer you have a human knight you have a human mage and you have a human cleric and i don't know if i'm missing any other oh and that the catapult which is just a catapult. <laughs> which which doesn't have anyone driving it yeah, apparently it's just, it's just <laughs> a moving the, catapult according to the artwork in the game it's just yeah a sentient catapult um and then yeah orcs humans versus catapults um and yeah. then orcs were the same deal you had an orc fighter an orc spear thrower um an orc wolf rider um an orc clericish type character and an orc mage type character yeah and but when the the sequels came through they added more races so then all of a sudden the uh the archers were now all elves and the um, yeah. the dwarves came in to do like different aspects so they definitely blew up the type of like uh the diversity of uh races in the second one but in the first one it's truly when they say it's orcs warcraft orcs versus humans it's truly just orcs versus humans and sentient catapults it's sentient catapults yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think the only thing that isn't an orc or human is that the mages can summon for a temporary amount of time what's called a water elemental and i think the orc warlocks can summon a fire elemental yes and uh, medivh can summon both of them and medivh can summon both of them and then in the last mission you have to fight demons too (laughs) (laughs) there's just just like a big red demon (laughs) yeah but i think inspired by probably the baylor from D. I think so yeah i mean there it's there's so many references to fantasy and um fantasy games and and and, and media um like D and lord of the rings um i mean the the final thing that you have to destroy as a human when you're playing the human campaign looks like the like mount doom it's called a uh, black rock spire it's the base of the orcs and it's this just massive rock sitting out of the ground <laughs> that looks like a mount doom you know um but yeah, Warcraft is is 
very very fun um it's actually both warcraft and warcraft 2 are available as a bundle on on good old games gog which seth and i um probably um we probably recommend that more yeah. than we do our own website yeah uh, <laughs> um gog or warcraft no gog oh yeah i i i think uh i think i bought warcraft or starcraft i bought i think it was starcraft i bought that game i think like five times easily oh yeah yeah like i bought the battle chest at least three times by itself but yep, uh, yeah yeah they're starcraft actually, and warcraft yeah. are they're very good they're very uh they uh hold hold up the test of time as it were uh, yeah maybe starcraft absolutely. a little bit more than warcraft but starcraft's also a newer game so yeah, and if and if you want to if you want to get into real time strategies and you might not want to have to deal with some of the clunkiness that I mean Warcraft One does have a little bit of clunkiness to it. Uh, if you don't want to deal with some of the clunkiness of the early Warcraft game, Warcraft Two is also a great game. In in my opinion, Warcraft Two is everything they could have done with Warcraft One, if not more. Um, they had more resources to work with, so right. um, you know they added like boats and stuff like that. And then Starcraft is even more so you know yeah, exactly. um, and you can you can get um there's a remastered version of the original starcraft available on uh blizzard battle.net yeah blizzard's blizzard service the blizzard launcher so yeah i think i i don't know about you but i think that wraps up on warcraft really that's, nicely that's warcraft orcs versus human um so we're we're gonna move along to our byway path segment yes uh, sir so uh Zach, what are you excited about buying, waiting, or passing on? Yeah, so the game that I um, that kind of sparked my interest, and um, I feel like I've, I've heard the name before, so I'm really hoping we didn't mention this earlier, which I don't think we did, but it's called Under a Porcelain Sun. Um, so Under a Porcelain Sun is a game that is being developed by Studio Leo Mingus um, and published by the Irregular Corporation. It's a uh, first-person um, what is probably best defined as a walking simulator. Um, by that, I mean is you walk around and you look at things and you interact with some things, but you mostly look at things. Kind of like the game that Norman Reedus just did. Yes, Death like Death Stranding. Stranding. Yeah, yes. Um, so you do a lot of walking. Um, the difference is that this game looks like you are walking around a, like, fever trip of a dream. It looks like you are walking around some bizarre landscape of like like one of the screenshots i'm looking at are these massive towers built out of what looks like playing cards with giant noses like human noses sticking out of them and then another picture shows this like ocean of tiled water with these large like ziggurat towers climbing out of the sky and a shark that is taller than the towers like flying over them in the air it is a bizarre looking game it is described as a experimental and a surreal game um and according to the uh description it's a text-driven first-person adventure set in uh, colonial india and it tells the absurd adventure tale during the annexation of southern malwa so i guess it has some historical elements to it somehow i think <laughs> I, for context, I actually really like games that are um, experimental and surreal and what you might describe as avant-garde. Um, for one thing, I like one game I really like is the Stanley Parable, which is a walking oh, adventure a of sorts. I love Stanley Parable. Um, yeah, which is, it, it pretty much is just a walking game, but it has, it is very avant-garde. It has a lot of bizarre elements to it and a lot of meta references and stuff to it. This game might be a little too avant-garde for me. This might be might not be quite what i'm looking for in my in my bizarre niche that i need to fill um I, it's currently um it it doesn't have a planned release date it says coming soon it doesn't have a a, a set t um like uh amount that they're going to be charging for it so what i'm going to do is i'm going to put it on my wish list but i think at the moment i'm going to be a pass on it i feel like it's going to be one of those games that if i picked it up I'd play it once and I'd either really like it or be very confused and then I'd never touch it again in that, you know, it, it, it just might not be the kind of game that I want to play. It looks very cool and I'm sure that the team working on it is is putting a lot of effort into it. It looks like it, um, but I think I'm going to pass on it 
for now. Oh, again, I'm going to put it in my wish list just so I can at least keep track of it. Um, so when I get an alert about, you know, when it's going to come out, how much it's going to be, I can maybe revise my idea um, of, of what my plan is. But my current thing is pass. All right. So uh, my byweight pass is uh, going to be a little less avant-garde and a little more back to the tycoony type style. Uh, it's a game called Good Company. It's a corporate machinery simulator. Uh, it's actually in early access right now. So if I felt so desired, I could in install it and buy it for it's 10% off. So $22. Uh, it's coming out on March 31st, which is in 12 days, not today. It's going to be in 21st. It will be already out. I like doing this. Apparently, I love doing this. This game came out a while ago, apparently. Uh, but I'm excited about it coming out and already being out. Um, it's a tycoon management game where you are a creating a robot manufacturing empire. And so you're making your robots and you have to start from scratch, like your garage, and you have to grow your business, hire staff. You have to automate production lines, make sure that you, uh, you invent new products and you try to get as much profit as you can. And I like Factorio type games, like games where you're working on different like automating autom automating things, autom automating things, automating. I don't even know what I'm saying here. Automating things and being able to kind of like streamline things and watching things uh, work as they should kind of uh, games. So I think uh, this game looks like it's kind of like a little blend of like game dev tycoon and factorio which intrigues me and is something that i have seen some people play the early access um it looks like it's similar to the two planet games the planet zoo and planet coaster um which i enjoy both of those games uh so it's not stylized like them though it is a more like cartoony game dev style yeah game. that's what i was i was seeing in the artwork yeah yeah it's like car it's like game dev tycoon except you're making robots um i think i'm gonna put it on a wait um may maybe look to purchase it uh either right at the end so i can get the pre-purchase bonus or uh wait until it comes out and maybe goes on sale for like 20 percent off or something a little more deeper um so so we'll put it down as a wait. It looks fun, though. Fun fact, it's being published by the same people that are publishing um, under Porcelain Sim. Uh, oh, look at that. Yeah. See, yeah, we, we themed our... That. We didn't even plan that, but we themed our Byway Pass to be uh, the irregular corporation publisher house. Well, so that's going to be it for today's podcast. Uh, we're going to... There's a number of ways that you can listen to us, support us, and contact us. Zach, what would be a way to listen to us? Well, a way you can listen to us is you can go onto um, any of the podcasting apps that are available to the general public. I'm talking about Spotify. I'm talking about CastBox. I'm talking about Stitcher. I'm talking about iTunes. And I'm talking about Google Music, I think, or whatever it's Google, called that they Google, do. Both Google Music and Google Podcasts. Google Music and Google Podcasts. You see, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about all those podcasting apps, and they all have us on it. However, if for some reason you listen to some podcast application that we have never heard of, I'm talking about some obscure, obscure podcast application, and we're not on it, let us know. We'll try to get on it, and we'll be on it. That's, that's right. That's my, that's my goal. I think one of the only podcasting apps that we're not on is the MPR1 app, and that's because we would have to convince MPR1 that we are... A, a radio that get on that npr a, pod, a, a podcast uh, an appropriate podcast for them which i think we are so maybe we'll be on there eventually but we're on like iHeartRadio radio too and all those itune i tune in radio i don't i don't know like, yeah yeah we, we're on a bunch of stuff yeah um you can uh, support us by listening subscribing sharing following ringing bells letting people know that you listen to this podcast uh, I understand we're at this time of recording, we're practicing social distancing. So for those who are far in the future and don't know what's going on, um, we are all trying to stay socially distant. Fortunately for you, 
because classic gaming brothers are always socially distanced between ourselves. Yes. So we'll continue to produce content until the end, whatever the end may be. Um, <laughs> but we uh, knock on wood. <laughs> but but with that being said. You can always write a letter to somebody and let them know about Classic Gaming Brothers. Send it to your friends. Write a letter. Have you ever written a letter to your friends? Have you written a letter about your friends to Classic about Classic Gaming Brothers? Because you can always do that. So you can grab a piece of paper and a pen and write out, listen to this podcast, and then mail it to somebody, and maybe they'll listen to it. If not, just you could you could come back and listen to us as we talk about different video games, generally classic. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can send us an email at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You may also go to our website at classicgamingbrothers.com and just click contact us and fill out a form instead of writing an email. It's just like f- sending an email except on a form. Uh, you may also follow us on Facebook at Classic Gaming Brothers, Instagram at Classic Gaming Brothers, and Twitter at CG Brothers Pod, which I blame on my brother. For not getting the great name. And I blame on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. I can still blame you. Um, our giveaway is still going on, so if you send us feedback, and if you listen to the Easter egg in the last episode, you could send us something else. Uh, we'll put you into the giveaway. Maybe we'll just send you some games. Uh, you, we do... We'd always respond on social media, but... In order to keep things streamlined, we do request that you email us if you so desire a video game. Um, yes. Yeah. So with that said, I think, uh, Zach, do you have anything else to add? Zug Zug. Zug Zug. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's what the orcs say in, in Warcraft. Anyway, I, I was giving you a chance to say, and remember, don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Seth. And I've been Zach. And we've been the classic gaming brothers. That's right. Stop poking me. Oh.